Hey guys, I'm Nick here with Tanner and Zach, and thanks for tuning into the Voyager Way, a podcast dedicated to sharing our passion for everything outdoors with listeners just like you. Whether it's talking about incredible trips we've been on, teaching you the best way to get your own adventure started, or talking with amazing guests about the incredible things they've done or places they've been. You can find it all here on the Voyager Way. How's it going, everybody? This is the first podcast of the Voyager Way. Uh, my name is Nick. I'm here with my brother Tanner and Zach. I'm 26, Tanner's 22, and Zach's 24 years old. Um, we all went to the same high school, Cathedral, here in St. Cloud, uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. Um, I did my undergrad at NDSU. Tanner's finishing his degree up in economics at SCSU, and Zach just finished his degree off at St. John's, which was environmental studies. Environmental studies. Yep. So. Um, I just graduated. So, uh, Zach just graduated in May. I just graduated physical therapy school actually in May as well. Um, and Tanner will finish up this year in May. Yeah. In May, yeah. This is coming May. Yep. Um, so we decided to kind of start this podcast just because we have a pretty tight new tight knit group of friends, um, that enjoys doing all this kind of outdoor stuff together. And every time we get, um, the group together, whether it's all of us or just a few of us, we also, we always have an awesome time talking about trips we've been on trips like planning trips for the future um and just kind of enjoying the ones that we're on uh whenever we get together for instance this last was it two weeks ago we went to uh zach's brother uh mitch is out in portland he's going to school to get his his psyd uh which is a psychology degree um and we had his bachelor party out there in portland and which was awesome we went out we got an airbnb at like the base of mount hood how it was like uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like ten minutes away from Mount Hood. Yeah, so it was it was just a perfect trip. We, we haven't had that many of us guys together in a while. No, yeah. So our, I guess to kind of elaborate, our group of our close knit group of friends is kind of made up mainly of these three families. So Nick, Tanner, and their brother Brady, and then myself. This is Zach, and then um, my brother Mitchell, and and then the Spethmans, which is a group of three other guys. And so that's kind of like our main group of guys that we've been hanging out with since we were real little and it's kind of expanded as we've gotten older but yeah. all of us we couldn't think of the last time that all of us were together in the same spot it's been so long so getting everybody together and having similar experiences it was so easy for us to just talk for hours about those experiences yeah so um and then obviously just going through high school and um being more you kind of get to know people that have similar interests with you so there's a ton of other people that we met and um, are super close with that have gone on a lot of these trips with us that we're going to talk to you guys about. Um, and so we decided since it's kind of so easy for us to talk about this, this kind of stuff. Um, and we get so much enjoyment out of it, um, that we might as well just throw some mics in front of our faces and start a podcast about it. So, um, this is just kind of us talking with you guys about kind of trips we've been on if, and, and, um, talking to you about kind of how, how to do a lot of these things too, I guess. Like if, if some of you guys are wanting to get started with whatever kind of outdoor hobby you're, you're interested in, um, we've probably either done it or know somebody who has. Um, so I think we're pretty qualified to talk to you guys about th- this kind of stuff. Um, and we're just really ready to, or we're just really pumped to kind of share our passion with you guys for a lot of this outdoor stuff. So we'll just kind of go into it. Um, I like to think us three at least and kind of why I reached out to my brother and Zach in the first place. Um, it's, it seems like we're kind of for lack of a better term, Jack of all trades, master of none. So we, we kind of, we've done a lot of outdoor things and we're pretty good. Like I, I would say very experienced in probably the camping world, 
the fishing world. And I guess Zach's gotten into a lot of rock climbing and they took some pretty cool trips. Um, and especially, yeah, I guess paddling and yeah, that's, that's true. A lot of whitewater stuff too. Um, and like I said before, like if we haven't, if we haven't done it, we've either like, if we're not crazy good at, it, we've either done it or know people who have. So I feel like our connections are, are pretty, um, all encompassing, which is good for a podcast like this. I feel like, so, um, I'm going to let Zach talk about the Voyager program, which I, I think is kind of how for sure Tanner, and I got started with all this crazy outdoor stuff. Um, I know Zach, you and your family were kind of doing it a lot. Um, before like just kind of as you were growing up whereas tanner and i didn't really get our first real taste of like camping and being outdoors and doing all that kind of stuff until we were in high school um but the voyager program is kind of where we all i i would say can like kind of meet in the middle and say this is kind of where um our journey with with this kind of stuff started um so zach just started as the program director of this when when did you start i started in november this past this past fall okay um cool and so um yeah so you just want to tell people kind of how long the trip is and i guess start off with like how long it is and who who goes on these kind of trips yeah so i think just stepping back a little bit kind of what you were just talking about um myself and i know some other people have been fortunate enough that i had um my family kind of grew up going to places like the boundary waters canoe area wilderness up in northern minnesota I started going when I was like three, I think. And so I was fortunate enough to start doing some of that stuff at a very young age. Some people just kind of get into these different activities at different stages of their life. And I think that's a really cool thing that this Live Voyagers program offers to a lot of people in the central Minnesota area. And so what it basically is, is there's um, essentially two trips that we provide right now. We're hoping to kind of expand that into more in the near future. But um, the main one being the first year trip that a lot of people go on and that's for guys after their sophomore year of high school and girls after their junior year of high school and so it's a month-long canoe trip Um, typically it's in um, Manitoba and Ontario kind of in the area east of Lake Winnipeg Um, this year due to coronavirus stuff we were forced to stay into the northern Minnesota area so the crews were up in the boundary waters and recently just got back about a week ago and so um, yeah it's a month-long trip for Um, men and women around that high school age and the crews are right around nine people typically um, give or take nine people they sometimes vary eight or ten but yeah so they're gone for a month long and they're doing all sorts of portaging paddling bush crashing um, whitewater kind of a whole variety of stuff and then after that trip if they go into the next year and they kind of realize that they enjoyed that trip and they want to do a second trip our second year program is called the far north as we call it and it's basically a longer more intense trip and those trips kind of range in location from uh, going to the arctic ocean to hudson bay um, in different places along those lines and those trips kind of range more from a month to 45 days somewhere in there so they're a little bit longer and they're usually quite a bit harder and a little bit more um, physically and mentally demanding so um and Tanner and myself have both done um, a few of those trips, so we'll talk about those in future episodes. But that's just kind of a gist of what they go through, and we'll, I know we'll be talking a little bit more about the program more in depth as we go on. Nice, yeah. So do these these kids just go up there by themselves, or who are they? Who are they with? Yeah. So um, 
each crew has guides and so it depends um they're either solo guided by a um, guide or there's two co-guides and so the guides are usually in the age range from uh, well i guess to to be a guide our kind of requirement is that they have to have finished um, one year of college or um, be an equivalent age to that um, and so they're kind of in that that college age age group there and so um, depending on if the the person has guided before they're either solo guide or they're co-guided in groups cool yeah and i just brought that up just because zach and i have both guided trips which is a totally different experience than i know going into it i kind of thought that because i had a pretty awesome trip for my first year um which is why i wanted to guide uh another trip and i i thought it'd be i, I knew it'd be different but I, I didn't know how different it would be um especially for me um going into it and my co-guide and i were were very we were in the same crew originally um and we were luckily very different uh had very different personalities so i was more of the kind of worry about everything make sure we we're like on track we had enough food if like make sure the kids were being safe all that kind of stuff and my other co-guide and my co-guide was a little more laid back which is probably good a pretty good balance um so i i went on a first year trip and then i guided and zach you did i guess how many trips have you gone on well, let's figure it out right now. Yeah. Um, so I did my first year trip um, after my sophomore year of high school, and then I did a far north trip after my senior year of high school, and then I guided after my freshman year of college. Guided a first year trip. Yep. Okay. And then I did guided two trips the following summer, and then solo guided another one after my junior year. <laughs> and then guided another far north trip this past so so seven trips seven trips yeah. okay dang um, but yeah as nick was kind of saying i think it's cool the way the program's kind of set up is it's kind of a progression so like you do your first year trip and then as you do if you decide to do a far north trip you get a little bit more responsibility and you learn to do kind of more of the back end things that you maybe didn't do your first year trip and then if you move to being a guide you even get more experience and you get to see even more of the background stuff. So it's kind of a really cool progression. And I noticed that was like a really fun thing to see as I went through those different trips. Um, you get to see like the different ends of the program and kind of how everything works and gain a little bit more leadership and responsibility throughout the whole thing as well. For sure. Yeah. And Tanner, you did three farmers or two? No. I, so I went on the first year trip and uh, liked it a lot. Had a super good experience. So then uh, the next summer after my junior year, I went on a far north trip. Uh, it was actually the first time any crew uh, from Voyagers had done that trip. It was the Missinabi River. So we started on Lake Superior and then we ended just south of Hudson Bay. So it wasn't quite your typical far, far north trip, but it was up there and it was a little bit more different from the first year where we were doing a little bit more white water on the river and a little tougher portages so that was after junior year and then after my freshman year of college is when I went on the your um, I guess more common far north trip the Coppermine River and that's way up uh, you end in Kagluktuk none of it so that ends on the Arctic Ocean so yeah those are my three trips that's okay super far and why did you think about guiding ever or not really I don't know I thought about it but 
I just really don't think I would. I don't think I'd be that good at it. <laughs> I, I think I'm, at it. I don't know. I think I would just worry too much, and I don't really. I'm not sure. I, I thought about it a little bit, but I just had such a good experience with the far north, and then I don't know. I was just yeah moving on. Were your so so Zach? You did first year trip, one far north, and then the rest five were all guiding, or did you two far north? I guided one far north and then participated on one. So I've that done was the two mine, both of those. Yep. Oh, so both your far north trips were copper mine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and Zach and I were talking about this too a little bit a little bit ago. Since he just kind of took over this new role as a program director, um, he's been talking about kind of getting more into different trips up north just to kind of see because it, it he was we were talking. It seems like there's a lot of the trips have gone through the same like I've always done the copper mine, which is there's a reason that they love doing that trip is because yeah. it's obviously i mean i've never been up, up there but tanner i've been talking we're definitely going to make a trip at some point up there because it sounds amazing um but it seems like well how many different trips are there i mean there's probably been way more in the past but there's probably only like two or three options that people have done right now right no there's more than that uh, i don't know the number off the top of my head with how many options there are like um, more than 10 or see the thing is like there's some trips where we did them but then realize, like, for example, like some rivers, like polar bears were just too much of like hmm. a worry. Yeah. Whereas like we could do them again, but it's like, do we really want to take the risk to like do that in some of those areas? Maybe we will again, but for now, that's not really what we're doing. Gotcha. Um, but I think the cool thing about the far north program, too, is like we offer these like, I guess, routes that people have already done. So we know the logistics for them. But what we also advertise is like you guys can look at a map wherever you want to go and do that. These are just kind of what people have done. And that's exactly how they started. They just saw a blank piece on the map and just kind of made the route out of that. And then people started to do that every year. And so I always encourage people to check out different areas because I mean, Northern Canada, the tundra and the Arctic is, I think in my opinion, very underrated. Yeah. It's probably hard to find a bad trip. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like the whitewater, the uh, scenery, um, wildlife all of that stuff is just phenomenal and yeah. so um doing only one river i think um is kind of I, I don't know i think expanding it into other places and other activities and stuff i think is well worth it because yeah. there's so much else to see for so. sure which may yeah well that's the thing because from a lot of these people it, it'd be it would just be like the second time that like the guide would do the copper mine you know what i mean because the kids coming in like they haven't done their copper mine before and they've seen all the pictures and the videos and they've like heard all the stories about how awesome it is so i feel like it'd be tough knowing that you're going to get a good trip going there for sure as like opposed to oh like well, let's just go somewhere else and like kind of not risking it but kind of like it could there could be less less white water to shoot and more porridges and kind of find that balance i feel like it'd be maybe maybe tough and maybe explain why people just normally go with what they know people have had an amazing time doing but um obviously there's a lot of land up there so there's probably plenty of rivers and lakes that you can figure out um but yeah okay so i have i guess i only have two trips tanner you have three and you have seven so that's 15 trips total between the three of us um just with the program just with the program yes um and so we're so i would say we're pretty experienced with Camping, paddling, portaging, all that kind of stuff that you do on those kind of trips. So, um, pretty cool. And then, uh, just another thing, if anybody wants to go and learn more about this Voyager program, it's just www.layvoyagers.org. It's L E S dash V O Y A G E U R S.org. Um, and there's a ton of information on there. Um, 
So I guess talking about other trips, I know Zach and Tanner have probably been on a couple more than I have as far as um, like kind of unique adventures that they've kind of gone into. And I know Zach went, uh, you got into your rock climbing. Where did you guys go last? Was that last year you guys went or a couple of years ago? Uh, we were down in Moab, Utah, yeah. doing some climbing. Some of the there. pictures were just, oh gosh, disgusting, but hanging from a big rock. But anyway, um, another, a couple more trips that we kind of have um, in common together. We, we usually try, I, I don't, I feel like we have gone at least one trip per summer. We try and get kind of the boys back together to go up to the boundary waters every summer. Um, and the cool thing about that is it, it kind of changes every year that I, it's a good and a bad thing. Cause obviously like best case scenario, you'd have all of us up there. Um, but just with it, with everybody's schedules, how they work, um, whether it's summer hockey or jobs or any number of things, um, actually mostly like trips people have gone on since we're, kind of the, the, the three families we talked about, a lot of us have been, we're, so I'm the oldest, I guess the Spethmans they have, Mary is kind of the oldest. Um, she's older than I am, but as far as us guys, I'm the oldest at 26 and then Michael's the youngest at, is he 22 now? Yeah. He's turned 22. Turned yeah, yeah. Just turned 22. Um, so every summer, like there's always, there was always at least like one or two of us either on our first year trip or going forward into like a far North trip. So it always depended on like who was available during the summer. Um, I think it is kind of cool though, like you were starting to say, is like we have different people each summer, yeah. like just kind of like four guys, like me, Nick, Zach, and Mitchell one time, or me, Peter, Brady, and I don't know whoever. Yeah, the it dynamic is. Just, changes every time. Yeah, but it's kind of fun getting that different dynamic, and like you said, it'd be nice to have everyone, but you have just different stories with everybody, and yeah. I don't know, it's kind of cool. And there's a couple more guys from our from high school. Um, that have come along with too. And some of our best friends too, that they're at, um, in Portland with us for the bachelor party and either played hockey with, or I played soccer with There's a ton of people that kind of putting yourself in these kind of, um, going on these kind of like trips and just surrounding yourself with people who enjoy the same kind of things. You, you form some pretty good bonds. Um, so we have, there's a ton of people that like enjoy doing that kind of stuff. So there's kind of a lot of people in our phones that we could text to see if they want to do anything like that. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, Another trip that kind of us, this is specific to our three families. We, we go up to, I guess, since with the coronavirus this year, we couldn't get up there, but since the uh, Canadian borders closed, but we go up to um, Sioux Lookout uh, in Ontario and we go up to, it's called Nipoa. Um, what's the lake called? Is it Lake Minnetaki? Lake, lake Minnetaki, yep. Um, so we stay, uh, we rent a cabin um, from a Canadian. Canadian up there and it's just it's a week-long fishing trip we just get up there every summer um you guys have been doing it because I, I know you the Fritzes and the Spethmans have been doing it for they did it for a little bit like a while before the Schmitz got invited I don't remember how many trips though because you guys think, were pretty young yeah I don't know I was probably like 10 when we first started going up there yeah well then Tanner how old do you think you were when you that first year? you guys came like two or three years after we so it wasn't a, it wasn't a long no yeah. it wasn't yeah. long at all um and that's honestly the same thing with, with the boundary wars trips. Like every year we go up there and it's just kind of a guy's trip. Um, it's with all our dads, whatever kids can make it. And then I know, uh, Zach, your grandpa and some of your uncles, um, the Spethman's uncles, um, it, and just whoever can go each summer differs. And so the dynamic changes every year, which is kind of like, there was one year it was literally me and all the dads and uncles and grandpa and Tim, like it was, it was me and a bunch of old dudes. And and then like, and then there's some years where it's like, I think it was it last year. It was like two or three dads. And then I don't know. It, it, it depends every year. So it, which is kind of cool because obviously you'd like to have everybody up there. And when, when you're up there, it's kind of 
when you're up, like you don't have a lot of cell service and you're more just like connected with the people that you're with there, you kind of, you start to maybe realize how much you take for granted just being able to be with those people all the time and not having up, not having them up there and being able to experience those kind of things with them kind of is kind of a bummer, but you just kind of appreciate the time that you have. Um, and it makes you, uh, take for granted less like those, just being able to be with the people that you're with, which is, which is super cool. Um, so we, we get a lot, um, of, of trips in during the summer for sure, especially with us just, um, kind of finishing up school and kind of getting into the real, real world here, here. Um, but I don't know if, uh, Zach or Tanner, if you want to bring up some of the, your, um, other trips that you've been able to go on, not, not kind of, uh, the fishing stuff and the boundary wire stuff that we've been doing, but other stuff. Well, another fishing trip, yeah. kind of the, the trout stuff, uh, me and a couple of buddies this spring found a way to kind of make quarantine a little bit better. We would go up to uh, the North Shore on Lake Superior, um, up just a little bit north of Duluth. Uh, Reagan, one of my friends, goes to college at UMD uh, up in Duluth. So he's got a house up there that we would stay at. And uh, yeah, just every weekend for about five or six weekends, I would say, during the trout run. Every weekend you went? It was pretty close every weekend. Maybe we missed one in there, but... But a lot. Yeah, yeah a lot. We sick. at least went like five, six times. And so we would just drive up at about like... We'd wake up at like four in the morning to try to get a good spot because there's so many people that come down there and you just you got on your waders and you just go find a tributary that's leading into Superior. There's there's a couple different ones. I think there's like three, four, five that we went to. Um, and yeah, we would just go cast a line in the water, be sitting in there with our waders and just bouncing on the ground waiting for a trout to bite and they're not they don't bite a lot so yeah. you don't really catch you guys them. are targeting the steelhead right yep the steelhead trout um they're pretty hard to catch i will say it took me i think it took me three weekends to actually catch one one fish or just i didn't steelhead. i didn't i didn't catch okay i guess i should restart the first time we went up there we went with a guide so that we could just kind of get an idea of what we were doing so that we could start to go by ourselves. Because I know you had never done that. Yeah, we had never done that type of fishing for the steelhead before. Um, so we went up there, and we had a guided tour, and I was the only one to catch a fish that day. <laughs> Reagan, had been, Reagan had been fishing in the, uh, in the fall. Like, he said he went out a bunch of times, probably at least, like, 10 or 11 times, and he didn't catch anything. So no he's way. like, yeah, so he's like, screw this, <laughs> getting a guide, and he invited Sam and I to come up. And so we went up there, and then I caught the only fish that day. Um, like, the only steelhead or yeah, just fish, period? I caught a steelhead, and then I caught just a little, like, brown trout. Okay. They're just, like, littler ones, but... But they didn't catch a fish, period? No. Okay. No. And, <laughs> and it was, like, we got there at, like, 7, probably. We ended up getting, like on the river fishing and we probably went till about noon so five hours oh gosh but when you catch that first like when i caught it it was like you're hooked like it's wor- okay. oh it's so worth it yeah. like you it they're so fun they fight so hard and it's just they're beautiful fish too they're so strong um so beautiful like the, the colors are just amazing so you're kind of hooked once you catch one and I guess Reagan, you could say, was hooked before he even caught one. <laughs> but he he ended up, it took him a little while, but he caught one, and then he just started hitting it harder and harder. And I think he ended up with around, like, 20 or so for the spring season. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think I caught around 10, and Sam was similar. 
a little above 10, I think. So, so did, did you guys get better at it or just got luckier? Like, no, we definitely got better at it. So you have to like different spot or just a different technique or what? Yeah. Different spots. Um, I'm trying to think of, do you think it also had anything to do with, I know, like, for example, like, correct me if I'm wrong too, but I'm pretty sure the run like starts south yeah. and then it works its way north on the rivers. So yeah. like the, it progressively gets better in rivers as you get further in the season. Do you think that also had something to do with it? Um, I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I know that it, Bregan went up north to Luton, like that area um later in the season and he had some he had some luck there him and his brother and his dad went up there and i think they caught like 10 in one weekend all together so i think as the season goes on you want to go more north but for all the rivers that lead into superior by like the north shore like anywhere from 30 minutes north of duluth to an hour north of duluth along that stretch any of those rivers were kind of the same but it's it's tough because you so you have these eggs are the bait and that helped actually after we went with the guide we figured that you need to what is it cremate the the eggs right is that yeah. cremate's burning so I don't think that's it what is it called like um, fermenting them I can't remember I should know this what kind of eggs like they're fish eggs yeah like we caught a fish. And oh, you literally got the eggs out of the live fish. You literally got the eggs out of the live fish. That's where they come from, but okay, yeah, you like, get it yourself. You, yeah, you, you catch the fish and you see they're pregnant and you can just squeeze the <laughs> eggs so, out of them. So you got some caviar. So, and yep, we got all the eggs. And, yeah, and it's not cremate. Yeah, you're right. That's burning. What was it? It's I don't know what the process is called. I should, but... I mean, um, how'd, you do, how'd you do it? You just mix it with some solution. Oh, okay. And then you put it in the fridge and then you have these eggs. And so then the night before we'd fishing, when we'd get these cloths squares set up like these mesh squares and you dump some eggs in a pile in those and then you yeah you just tie up these little balls of like mesh string with these eggs in them and they freaking go nuts for them so like on a hook you do it yep and then you just yeah and then you just attach it to a hook and then you got your sinkers up in the line like a couple feet um, you don't want that. That's kind of a fine line. That's where like the different rivers, it helped with a little bit of an experience. Like if we were at some place where it was a little faster, you would put a little heavier weights on. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you're at a little slower, you can't put that many cause then it'll just sit at the bottom. Yeah. But the whole goal is they are swimming up the river and they're looking for eggs to chow on. And so you want to cast your line kind of up river and then just have it bounce along the bottom of the river as they're swimming up and so they come and swoop it but it, it's it's tough because you get snagged like yeah. every other cast <laughs> but anyway th- those those fish egg sacks or whatever they were that we made those helped so much they went crazy over those so that was a big difference in like kind of learning with experience like using that and you would throw a new one of those on every 10 casts and it was such like a night and day like the first couple casts you'd get hits on yeah, yeah. and maybe even catch some but then they just start to like wear out in the water and stuff and lose their smell and then you're not even gonna you're not gonna catch one really it's yeah well, how would you have like were, were they expensive what not expensive because you just got it out of the yeah <laughs> well could you just like reuse the eggs and put them in like the solution again no the like, eggs like gone. they like I don't know. They like wither they probably, away they with the down. water. They break, they break down. down. Yeah. yeah, they break down. They're not hard. Like they're very yeah, soft. It's a fish egg. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a fish egg. So, like I said, like 
10 casts is like max and they're hard to make kind of there it's a tedious process so you want to use you want to use one as much as you can but it's like if you could throw a new one on every cast yeah, it'd yeah. be worth it i got you it'd okay. be worth it. they go create like when you put a new one on when you put a new one of those on you like have a lot of confidence tossing them in the really? river like yeah some might attack this also if you guys like when you guys were fishing the first time it almost wasn't that the fish weren't there it's just that you guys weren't for sure the right stuff for sure okay. we, we okay. were not doing the right stuff and then like the guide helped and then you go and you get experience and you get sick of waking up at four and not catching anything so <laughs> try to get a little bit better yeah. but yeah that was uh that was the springtime in the quarantine so that was a good little excursion kind of to go up and get outdoors a little bit and see the sun and that and that wasn't you guys weren't fly fishing right you were just normal fishing but zach you have been fly fishing right do you know how to do that yeah, yeah yeah i've been fly fishing okay i that's one of those things I've been meaning to get into more is the steelhead run up north. Um, I feel like at least for a lot of us, like our lives are so centered around like the different seasons and like what activity you do yeah. like within those seasons. So for like us, I know like the summer is a big like paddling kind of time, and then spring is like well summer's fishing as well. But then yeah. in the spring there's like the steelhead run. In the fall it's a lot of hunting for a lot of us, yeah. and then winter it's just like winter camping maybe doing some ice fishing that kind of stuff so it's so fun to like i know we're always trying to add to our like um book of resources as far as like what kind of activities and places we can tap into in the different times of the year when it seems like once one of us in our little group finds like something that they love to do it's just like they want to introduce it to us or whatever um yeah because i know i just started um practicing with my bow to hopefully go hunting for the first time this fall um is that when is it? actually i looked up when the season started i didn't know the rifle season was only a week long They're like 10 days bow hunting starts the 19th of september i think so okay it's coming up and it goes for like a couple months doesn't it it goes till uh january basically nice okay or yeah. beginning of january yeah so that's that's one of the things that i just got um kind of those outdoor hobbies i just got hooked on like i i have and you haven't even necessarily gone i've never, <laughs> no, never gone hunting in my life yeah i just got I, obsessed um it kind of started with um, a lot of the people I follow on Instagram, like social media, it's that are into it and talk about how amazing it is. Like, so I know Joe Rogan does, um, he got into it because I think either Cameron Haynes, who's like sponsored by Under Armour is like a just badass. Honestly, like he does, he does his like lift run shoot and he's crazy. Um, but he's like a big, he's, I guess he'd be like a Under Armour sponsored bow hunter, I think. And then, um, I know John Dudley is um super into it he does this that knock on archery stuff and um jocko willink is the navy seal guy that i listen to a lot and he he just got into it i think john dudley got him into it and but probably i, I think those guys are all probably friends and know each other because they're all badass but um and then um yeah so i just kind of got into it and i know tanner and i had this is one of those uh <laughs> i think it was like three or four years ago i don't know why i initially got obsessed with it but i bought a traditional bow and then Tanner came out with me to shoot one time and then he got obsessed with it. So then he bought his own bow. He bought a compound, but then like we never touched them for like years. So then I'm like, Hey Tanner, can I just like fix up your bow and then just keep using it? And he's like, yeah, sure. Cause thing was just chilling at our parents' house for a while. Know. Yeah. A while. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So I just kind of got into it more. And I like haven't missed a day of like at being at the range and like, for sure. Since we got back to Portland, I missed like maybe, well, we went, we went to, I just went to the boundary waters a couple, uh, was it last weekend? That was, yep, that last, that weekend? was last weekend. Yeah. She's Louise. Um, so actually one of my buddies, um, that I played soccer with at NDSU, 
uh, he, every time I post a picture or like a, whatever of us getting off, like us camping or doing something like that, he always texts me like, do we, we got to go like, yeah, take me. So this summer with like COVID going on, um, and just our schedules just kind of worked out perfectly. I'm like, yep, screw it. Like, let's, let's just go. So last weekend I took my buddy up. He had never been camping. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think he'd slept in like a tent, tent, like in the woods. Um, so that was the first time he got to go. And this is the first time that I actually, um, like did the whole trip like plan the whole thing. So you, I, I guess, and maybe, it, maybe this isn't right, but normally what happened with, with our trips, cause I know Zach, you've been busy with Voyagers for like every summer. Um, so have you gone on a ton of the bungee water trips with us? Like the last, I feel like it hasn't. Yeah. I think the last time was when I was in high school and it was after I got back from one of my trips. Oh yeah. Like so you're the always, next day we yes, went yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You got back and then came with us, but <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. He just got done with this like 30 day trip and now like, we're going to the bungee wires. Yep. Cool. Like hook me up. Um, but it, it seems like it was always kind of Mitch and I, Zach's brother, who would do a lot of the planning and like we'd have a lot of, I guess Mitch had a lot of the gear, um, which I kind of just found out because this is the first trip that I planned the whole thing. So I, I got a, I got a route and actually the Boundary Waters this summer is crazy packed because like I think it's because the, the bound or probably because the borders closed and people just have more time on their hands yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, so there was only like two entry points that you could that you could go in in through. Um, and so I got, I found the, the route kind of where we were going to go. And then I, I packed all the gear. I had to borrow some from you guys cause I didn't have everything that I needed. Actually it was a lot of the stuff that my buddy didn't have. It's like, he didn't have a hammock or a sleeping pad. I borrowed one of your canoes cause mine's down in Omaha. And then we kind of fudged a, like some cross beams from to throw the canoe on my Jeep cause mine wasn't working, but, um, in a pot and it's, well, it doesn't matter. Some other stuff. Um, but yeah, so, and like, and that was, but it was kind of cool because not having a lot of that stuff when I was up on like during like when we were up at camp, I was kind of like, okay, I, I need to start making a list of stuff that I need to, with my limited budget, obviously like start investing in so that like, it'll just make, and that's the thing we had enough, like we have enough gear to make it like through the weekend, but I think there's, and this is kind of something I was struggling with. Like I feel like there's, there's a fine line between making it inconvenient enough so that you like, take for granted less the stuff when you get back home. You know what I mean? So having to filter your water through a platypus is kind of like, they like you appreciate just being able to flip the faucet on, you know what I mean? Um, having to bathe in the lake is like sometimes way worse than just jumping in the shower. A lot. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> depending where you are. Yeah. Um, but so like making the trip, like I guess inconvenient enough that you appreciate things more when you come home and like you kind of get that experience, but not so inconvenient that, doesn't kind of maybe like make you second guess going up there. It's like one thing for me was um, not having a, a camp stool or chair or something like that. Cause I know Mitch and Brady have, I don't know you might have one too, but like one of those foldable like camp chairs, like just getting off the rock is like sometimes like nice. Um, but I just got, so I just got a camp stool instead. Cause I think it'll be smaller and it'll fit on my bag better. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just awesome being able to um, kind of talk with, with all of us and see what everybody's doing, especially with Mitchell in Portland. Now he's, he, and he just, I think he just built with his, with Zach and Zach with your grandma. This was it last year. He like, they made their own winter tent, like this big canvas tent they just put together. Um, I feel like Mitchell's a lot more apt to just like, just go head first into whatever the heck he's thinking. Like, <laughs> I think he's always working on something if it's whatever. Um, I guess probably the same with you too, with this paddle thing. You want to tell, like, talk about your, like, you making these paddles now and how you kind of got into that. Yeah. I think that's kind of a cool thing. And these paddles are sick. I think it started in high school. I was like looking at one of my paddles and I was like, I feel like I could maybe make one of these. Like it'd be kind of fun to try. So like in the winter in high school sometime I made one and it was 
not good at all. It was, <laughs> I, if you know anything about like wood or woodworking and like different densities of wood, like I used oak. So it's like one of the heaviest woods you can use. <laughs> and I'm an oak canoe paddle. Like I yeah. didn't even do enough research to like look at like what kinds of wood I should use or anything like that. I just kind of went to the store, grabbed wood that looked cool and I made a paddle out of it. So it's super heavy. I still yeah. have it. Didn't turn out that good at all. Yeah, I keep it though. The first one you ever did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I took like a big pause because it took me a while to make it because I had no idea what I was doing. And yeah. so I took a big pause on it. And then kind of more recently, um, this past winter, um, I just kind of was at home and wanted to try making another one because I thought they were a lot of fun. And so I made another one. And then with quarantine and all of that and the coronavirus, I've had a little bit more time on my hands in the winter through the spring. So I spent a lot of my spring just kind of working on some. And now I've gotten it down to, like, I could make them in a couple hours, I think. What, really? But, like, it takes me a few days, but that's only because, like, you have to... Varnish it and sand it. And, like, it's like the drying that time that takes, takes time. it long. Yeah, yeah. But, but you can like, whip it together and... Like, if it. I had, like, the it all glued together to the time it was, like, done, it would be a couple hours, and then you just have to, like have a couple more days for it to dry with varnishing and like all that no stuff. No way. So like the progression has been, it's been fun to see like it get better and better. And I've finally figured out like the lighter woods and all that kind of stuff. So like I've just been doing a lot more like analyzing of the paddles and figuring out like what types of wood, like reinforcing them with fiberglass cloth. What type of like, wood do you use? Uh, so most of them are made out of like red cedar because it's like a dark wood and then contrast it with like lighter woods like aspen, which is also really light. And, and that's just for aesthetic or the yeah dark? like the okay, contrast right. of like a really dark red versus like a white basically yeah, yeah, okay. and then yeah so it's mainly like um cedar aspen um and then i've i'm doing one right now with like a little bit of maple in it um which is a harder heavier wood but i'm only using like little pieces so it won't be super heavy it's just but kinda, that's just, again for aesthetic purposes yeah and are you making these more for like more for aesthetic stuff or are you making them for like people who want to use them like or both maybe both so like they i could do both they want yeah you probably yeah. see a lot of people who have like the painted paddles hanging up on their wall and like that kind of stuff like the one piece like traditional like otter tail or um beaver tail paddles um so i've made those and like painted those um which i think are cool i i enjoy making like the more like functional ones like yeah. the bench shaft paddles or the yeah, he made a bench a bench shaft one like a yeah. yeah sick so that was also quite the learning process yeah. but um yeah they're super fun to make and um it's been fun like using all these different paddles on the trips you kind of get a sense for like what you like in a paddle mm -hmm. and what you don't like and so you can kind of customize it to that so like some people will like varnish the grips of their paddles or some people will just take like oil and oil the grip so it like is still bare wood uh, but it's more of like a traditional okay. feel yeah um stuff like that so it's been a learning process but it's been fun to kind of figure it out and kind of be able to customize things how i like them so and are you trying to make that into like is it just kind of a hobby still right now or are you tr like would you like best case scenario would you like to make some like for like and make a little money off it I mean, I've just been kind of making them more as like a hobby right now. I mean, if people are interested in them, that's awesome. See where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have a, I made a little Instagram for it. So like, cause I always try to take pictures of them like after they're done. And so I just kind of put them on there after I'm done making them. And so yeah, I've got a pretty fun one in the works right now that I'm excited to see how it turns out. Cool. So. Um, and then I know you did a lot of kind of just talking, kind of going on just kind of hobbies that we have and that kind of stuff, but you did a lot of rock climbing in college, don't you? Yeah, that was also one of those things where I didn't 
it was something I always wanted to get into, but there wasn't always many resources. If you've ever been to central Minnesota, it's not the most mountainous or yeah. hilly area <laughs> of the U.S. So, um, I mean, St. John's some, had a wall. It was the St. Ben's. St. John's has a rock climbing wall, like a big indoor wall. I think it's like 70 feet. It's not like crazy big or anything. Um, as far as I know, though, going to some other colleges, it was pretty nice comparatively, I think, to some other. Oh, dude, I think that was because I, I climbed the top of that one time. And I, that was pretty high. Were you there, too? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. Yeah. I think you had one, too. I, I think I think it was that tall. Yeah. They have some pretty good, like, mix of, like, top rope, lead climbing, and bouldering stuff. They have a pretty cool route that, like, goes up one wall, and you can go, like, upside down on the yeah, ceiling, dude, like, across yeah. the ceiling, and then back down. Yeah. So. That was, like, always one of my main goals was to, like, work towards that. And I got into, like, lead climbing. I actually had a couple friends who were really big into, like, tree climbing. Yeah, oh, so that's like, right. Yeah, yeah, They would find – I think the biggest tree on our campus was, like, 100-some feet tall. And so we would, like – It's a lot. Yeah, we just – One story is 10 feet, right? Is that what it is? I don't know. But Yeah. Yeah, one story is 10. So 10 story – like, oh, geez, Louise, okay. So, yeah, we would just, like, throw the ropes up over, like, the – most sturdy like tallest limbs <laughs> and then we basically climb up he would actually spend like nights like he would hang his hammock in like the upper canopy That's of the trees nuts. how would you but are you strapped in though he would like yeah he would wear like a harness and like strap himself yeah. in but see would that be comfortable i would not get a good night's sleep yeah <laughs> but like that was one of those cool things where it's like i really did not know much about climbing and that like one day i was like i'm just gonna go there by myself so i had my backpack went to the climbing wall and i just started kind of making small talk with some of the people there and i just kind of started forcing myself to go there every day because i enjoyed doing it and i kind of gathered more friends who were into it and then we kind of just kind of expanded from there and by the time i was in my senior year we did like a spring break trip down to moab and did some more much bigger outdoor climbing and yeah <laughs> um so yeah so it was just kind of like a really cool progression i just kind of put myself out there and um met other people who enjoyed doing it and it kind of expanded from that so it was really cool cool yeah and that reminded me of um another thing that we kind of got into so we have i hadn't done i think like a lot of us hadn't really done too much winter camping until a couple of years ago um had, had did you had you ever no i mean it was kind of we were bored in the winter we'd kind of let's just mess around find yeah. somewhere to camp um and so i i don't know i think it might have been mitch zach's brother who kind of brought this out but um every year we always want to like sleep or build a quincy which for if people don't know what a quincy is it's, it's like an igloo is everyone knows what an igloo is and that's made of blocks but a quincy is you just make a big pile of snow and then dig it out so that's the difference between a quincy and an igloo and so we always wanted to sleep overnight in a Quincy, but either like the timing didn't work out or the snow wasn't right. And so the, the way you, like the snow has to be a little bit like packable just to, to do it or you have to have enough time, which a lot of us, it was just like spur of the moment. Cause especially some of us going either playing hockey in different States or going to school in different States. Like it was just kind of whenever we, especially in the winter, like when you're doing a bunch of stuff, just find finding the time for everybody, for enough people to be back to go on, like to go camping. Um, was kind of tricky sometimes, but anyway, one night we actually, we were going to do it. I remember, I think I've been winter camping three times now. The first time we built the Quincy. So you're supposed to pile up the snow and then let it harden for honestly, like as long as you like can, but we we're usually just doing it like a day. So like two or three hours, as much as we, as much time as we could get it. Cause you have to dig it out while the sun's still out. Cause that's how you know how thick the wall is or the wall needs to be as you dig it out from the inside. And then once you can see the sun coming through the wall, then you know to stop. So you have to have the sun out, obviously, to do that. 
Um, so you can't just let it harden into the night and then try and take it out, which is what we did one time and ended up falling on Mitchell when he was in the, he was on the inside, uh, scooping out the snow and the whole thing just collapsed on him. Um, so then we ended up just sleeping in tents that time. And I think we slept in tents another time, but this one night uh, that I'm thinking of in the St. John's is a really cool campus cause it has the Arboretum. So it's called just a ton of, yeah. what is it like technically? Yeah. It's just like thousand. Uh, I can't remember the exact it's thousands of acres basically of just like lakes, creeks, forests. And it's really cool. Cause it's got like a variety of different types of forests. There's like, um, all like pine tree forests, oak tree forests. Yeah. It's kind of like a big variety maple. of maple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They actually do a lot of really yeah. good maple. Yeah. They do a lot there. of cool. Maple. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we would camp in, uh, in this arboretum. So we set up the, the Quincy and we finally had it all, all figured out. And it was, uh, it was us three and then Tanner and I's brother, Brady, and then Zach's brother, uh, Mitch. But the Quincy that we made was only big enough. We only had enough snow. And it was only big enough for three people. So then we were trying to figure out like if people were going to sleep in a tent and Zach was coming back from work or something you had going on that night. Um, so he got there a little bit later. Uh, but so what ended up happening is, so when you're, there's actually a lot more snow inside the Quincy than you would think. Yeah, for and sure. So when we, we took all the snow and then we, we put it in this pile, just like right next to the Quincy and didn't really think anything of it. Um, but then when Tanner, I don't know when, you, I think, I don't know if you got there like later or what happened. No, I was, I made the whole thing. Yeah, you were there with us. Yeah. So he just decided at one point, well, anyway, so the Quincy was only big enough for three people and we had five that were going to do it. So we set up, like we had a fire outside and stuff. And then Tanner decided that he was just going to dig out this, like make a little, it almost looked like a, like a snow coffin. It was pretty much snow it was a snow coffin. But I yeah. think he did that because it was like. A, there was a decent amount of wind, and so I think he just did that to make like a wall, yeah, yeah, sort. I, but yeah, like enough, sure. like it was open so you could still breathe. Because one thing about like winter camping that is usually an issue for people is the condensation. Like you wake up and you'll be wet because oh. of like your breath, and oh. like yeah, yeah. Um, so like the insides of like the tents will be super wet, or inside the Quincy will be like sticky and wet, like your sleeping bag and stuff. So yep. I think that was also why you made like I, the top I, open. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, I had, it was like a coffin. <laughs> And then, like, pretty much just a trench, I guess. Yeah. In the snow. And then I put a tarp over, like, yeah. my feet all the way up to, like, my neck. Just because? Yeah. Yeah. Just because. <laughs> you think it's, like, a little more comfortable. Yeah. Like, you're not just sitting outside. Yeah. And I also had, like, a tarp on the bottom, obviously, so I wasn't just sleeping on snow. But then, yeah, my face was just pretty much out there. You probably had a sleeping pad, too, didn't you? You had to have um Definitely. i'd hope yeah. so yeah yeah and then luckily so zach and mitch worked for the what's it called it was called the outdoor leadership center it was basically just like a a place where students or faculty or whoever wanted to rent outdoor gear they could get it there and go use it in the arboretum or on trips or whatever yeah so i think and you guys won like a, a north face competition right before that so you had a ton of really sick new gear isn't that right yeah the the school won like a forget what it's called like the on-campus challenge or something so like you got like every student was involved basically if you wanted to be and you like every time you posted a picture of you doing something outside like an outdoor activity you'd get and it had to be for at least a half hour you got like so many points and the longer it was you got more points sick and it was like verse st john's and st ben's combined or just yeah combined and and then it was verse all other schools whoever were participating in this challenge like around the country really around the whole country yeah and so it ranked like individuals too so you could win like an individual prize if you spend like the most time like outside some dudes just don't leave their tent (laughs) and then like and then it also combines like who from which schools are participating and like doing the most outside and so st john's and st ben's won 
like two years in a row or something really? like that. Yeah. Nice. So they won a bunch of free gear from like the North Face and some other companies. Cool. And I brought that up because we got to sleep in, we grabbed, we grabbed, we rented out some of the gear and we got to sleep in like actual, because the only sleeping bag I have is honestly from our first, my first trip as a sophomore. So it, gosh, that like was a 20 degree bag. Yeah. So it was, it's not, it wasn't rated very low, but they had some like thick made for winter sleeping bags, which are like, you could sleep like butt naked in them and it's weird because totally i don't think i got one of those no, you definitely didn't get one. yeah no i think it was i think it was literally just brady and i because i don't think Mitch did, whatever um yeah so tanner was sleeping in his little snow coffin uh zach brady and i no no mitch brady and i were in the quincy which actually wasn't bad at all like i was it was cold outside and i was pretty you were they're you very were, insulated yeah you were having a rough time yeah it must be nice yeah i wasn't in <laughs> yeah and then zach because Zach just comes down like because uh, we, we had like yeah, a little campfire so and like some some uh hot chocolate or whatever whatever beverages we had um and zach walks down the trail with like three pieces of cardboard and a couple sleeping bags and he just like pops them down on the ground he's like yeah i'm just gonna sleep like out here like literally in the middle of the woods just like on the ground like all well, right i think you guys were already sleeping because i had to work or do something so i was coming later and i don't want to like wake anybody up I think, or like we you guys get, were I think we were just getting ready for it I, I remember i remember you walking down the trail yeah i remember you walking down the trail yeah. okay well, well then you guys were the quincy was full tanner had his little coffin and i didn't want to make anything so <laughs> yeah so he literally just put some cardboard down on the ground on the snow and then did you put one sleeping bag inside and i can so yeah like two I don't know yeah something just ridiculous i'm like okay this is, yeah this is just how it goes but um yeah in case you guys can't tell we've just kind of it's, it's been kind of a hodgepodge of just stuff we find interesting i mean we love doing this stuff so much it's not hard to connect like we go up to we go up fishing every summer so then like okay let's just get into trout fishing or um i started rock climbing at like at st john's so like now let's like let's plan another trip and just take it one step further and do um sort of outdoor stuff but um we're super passionate about all this kind of stuff and we have obviously have a million stories that we could talk about forever um but we're we're getting close to an hour here so we'll, we'll probably end it there and just kind of um yeah hope to hope to hear from you guys um if you guys anything that you think you want to talk about or want us to talk about or anything like that just leave in the comments um but we look forward to to talking with you guys in the future and having more just cool sit downs like this going forward yeah for sure i'll talk to you guys later thanks for tuning into the voyager way podcast follow us on social media at the voyager way for more content from all our outdoor adventures and plenty of how-to videos to get you started on some adventures of your own.